This is Alex Medford from Denver, Colorado, coming to you from sunny Maui, Hawaii, and you're listening to the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Hello, hockey fans from around the world. I am Richard Cote, the producer of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. It is the second line edition of the podcast, and you know what that means. Yes, it is where the elite meet to, I don't know, eat. Uh... It also means I am joined by the publisher of ProHockeyNews.com, Lou Lafredo. Lou, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing okay. I was I was doing just fine until that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, you stumped me. <laughs> I, okay. uh, doing well down here, but so yeah. Uh, we also have the return of our favorite snarky Canadian, Jacob Doherty. Jacob, how have you been? I've been lost without the podcast. How do you do podcasting again? Um, I, I was wondering how we did it without you. I felt you know, so lacking in the snark category. Like if you I'll had be our sure stats, to double down. It, yeah. It, if we had our stats up, like a, a line uh, for a player stats, our snark column would have been like a minus six without you here. I don't yeah. know how you quantify it, but it would have been a minus six. Oh, I just thought that was personality. <laughs> that too. That too. That We're lacking time. in personality. <laughs> oh, wow. Listeners don't have much of a rant this week. Um, just a little bit of an update, uh, studio update. Uh, I'm now recording on some new hardware, which we touched on last week in the first line edition. Um, I just learned something today. And that is why Lou and Jacob can see me on camera. Apparently, I can use my iPhone as a webcam. And that is how I'm doing it today. I have no other webcam for this computer. So I am doing it through my phone. Ah, the miracles of technology and the headaches that come along with it. All right. It is time for our second line favorite edition of Bangers and Mash. Lou, what do you have for us this week? I have some, well, you know, it's not new news. Um, What it is is uh, um, the Guildford Flames have continued to hold down the number one spot in the EIHL. Uh, Through 22 games so far uh, this season, they've collected 39 points. They are now eight points clear of of second place Coventry Blaze. Um, who have played one more game <laughs> than said Guildford Flames. Um, interestingly, uh, in holding down the third spot of the Sheffield Steelers, who have only played through uh, 19 games, have collected 29 points. But, uh, you know, clearly uh, Guildford is, is holding on to that top spot. And in the fourth spot um, are the Cardiff Devils, who've gone through 20 games and uh, picked up 28 points. Um, there was another coaching change in, since um, we last discussed the EIHL, uh, Richard and Jacob, and that was in uh, uh, Nottingham. Uh, they went through a, a change in uh, leadership behind the bench. Uh, hasn't really done much. Through, uh, they're holding down the sixth spot in the, in the league, and uh, through 19 games, they've only collected 16 points. So the latter is... Pretty top heavy at this point with Coventry. Uh, I, I think um, the Blaze are a surprise at number two, uh, almost as big a surprise as the Flames coming in at the number one spot. Um, when you looked at their preseason roster, uh, they have, they have not made many changes, but um, you know the the way they have managed to put together this uh, this campaign with um, eighty six goals. Four and, and a goal differential of 31. Um, they're 15 4. Um, well, they have uh, 19 wins uh, between uh, regulation and overtime wins, and they've only had three losses on the season out of those 22 games. So uh, they are playing a solid uh, season so far. And, um, you know, you never say 
you know, things can't turn around. I, I keep hoping things will turn around in the NHL, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine the, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least in the EIHL, uh, those those top four are, are playing very good hockey, and unfortunately, uh, the Glasgow clan had also gone through a change in uh, bench leadership, but. Um, uh, it's only resulted in about two wins over the last two weeks, and they're they're dead last at number ten in, in the league. So, um, Richard Jacob, that's uh, bangers and mash for this week. Thanks for the the update. I was about to ask you about the clan. I, I could see you were reading my mind. Yeah, what's happening with the clan right now? Yeah. All right, let's bring it over back to the North American continent, and let's take a look at the standings of the ECHL. Um, Hold on, my, my monitor just went blank. There we go. All right. In the North Division, we have the War... Uh, now, I always like... I want to call it Worcester, but I believe this no. is Massachusetts, so it's Worcester? Worcester. 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 Hi. <laughs> the Worcester Railers yeah, are in the it. number one spot. I have, I, I have some New England roots, and so the way I want to pronounce things, I know it's not the way it's pronounced, so... Um, I was corrected once. It is the Worcester Railers uh, are in the number one spot. The Newfoundland Growlers fall to the number two spot. The Reading Royals are in the number three spot. And the Toivier Lions are in the number three spot. Did I butcher it that time? I don't nope. think so. I no. nailed it. All right. In the <laughs> South Division, the Florida Everblades maintain their lead on the division in the number one spot. In the number two spot, the Carolina Stingrays. Uh, hot on their heels, only three points back, having played two less games. The Greensville Swamp Rabbits in the number three spot and the Atlanta Gladiators in the number four spot. I'm going to come back to the South Division here in just a second and talk with Lou about what's going on here. In the Central Division, we have the Indy Fuel leading the division with 29 points. The Cincinnati Cyclones one point behind them, having played two less games. The Wheeling Nailers are in the number three spot, and the Kalamazoo Wings rounding out your top four. And in the Mountain Division, the Idaho Steelheads are in the top of the division with 20 nine points the rapid city rush in the second spot the wichita thunder in the number three spot and the kansas city mavericks with a brand new logo for a brand new season in the number four spot let's go back to the south division because it looks like lou if i'm not mistaken uh, pretty much all the other divisions in the echl seem to be uh shaking out we're seeing some separation between the top at least the top three and the rest of the division the South Division is fairly up for grabs. I mean, the entire division is only separated by 10 points. Uh, we've seen some uh, some uh, jousting for position here. Uh, you know, Florida's been up and down. They didn't really have a great start to the season. Uh, you know, South Carolina had that number one spot for a while. We saw Greensville up in uh, the top two spots for a little while. Um, what has been your biggest takeaway so far in the South Division this season? Um. What I was going to say is South Carolina, first of all, has got two games in hand on Florida. So if mm -hmm. they were to pick up those four points, they'd be right back in the, in the number one spot. Um, I, I think the reason why these two teams are, are sort of within reach of the rest of the division is because of the slow start they really both got uh, to the season. Um, but the, uh, the Everblades have just been – playing uh, lights out hockey over the last um, um, the last two weeks, I'd say. Yeah. And there's six, two, one and one over their last 10 games. Um, and really South Carolina has been playing them uh, point for point over the, over that same stretch at six, two, one and one. Um, it's the others that have sort of fallen back into a, you know, fleeting or flirting with 500 uh, hockey um, over the last two weeks, and so that's really, I think, where this where the separation has come. And I, I would, I, what I would say, Richard and Jacob, is that you're going to see Florida, the Florida Everblades, and the Stingray start to pull away. And I bet by the time we meet up again in two weeks, um, you'll see a far greater uh, differential between these two. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, early season excitement, but uh, we kind of know what the inevitable is in that division with those two powerhouse teams. 
All right, let's take a look at the standings in the AHL. Uh, starting with the Atlantic Division, the Providence Bruins are following their parent club's footsteps, leading the division. Um, not by as much, because the Hershey Bears are right on their trail with one point less, with 32 points. The Bridgeport Islanders in the number three spot, and the Charlotte Checkers in the number four spot. Uh, looking at the North Division, the Toronto Marlies leading the division by three points. With 27 points, the Rochester Americans with 24 points in that number two spot. The Cleveland Monsters in the number three spot with 23 points. And the Syracuse Crunch. Why, why am I having a problem with the word crunch today? Uh, Syracuse Crunch in the number four spot, rounding out your top four. In the Central Division, the Milwaukee Admirals are in that number one spot with 29 points. Three points behind them are the Texas Stars. The Rockford Ice Hogs in that number three spot and the Manitoba Moose in the number four spot. Uh, looking at the Pacific Division, uh, I don't know, a little surprise to me and I'm, I'll surprise, surprise. I'll be touching on this here in just a second. The Colorado Eagles leading the division with 31 points. The Calgary Wranglers in the number two spot with 27 points. The Ontario Reign in the number three spot with 25 points in the San Jose Barracuda in that top in the uh number four spot rounding out your top four with 25 points um lou let, let's go back to the colorado eagles um another team that kind of had a little bit of a slow start but what's really surprising me is that they are doing uh very well in their last 10 9 1 0 and 0 um given that their parent club has had so many injuries they've had call-ups from the eagles um, they're they're seeing what these young kids are doing up in the NHL level, but the Eagles are still doing fairly well at the AHL level. You know, they just went through that. What, is it a seven game uh, win streak uh, mm -hmm. that they that only ended? <clears throat> excuse me, this week. Um, what they've been managing to do is really beating up on their division rivals uh, the last two weeks. Uh, so that 10 game stretch that they're on right now um, has mostly focused on, on the Pacific division. And so that's why you're starting to see some real separation, be, you know, from them. Um, I don't know that the division is weaker. Um, it's just, they, um, uh, Colorado has managed to stack the Eagles, uh, AH, you know, the AHL with, with some pretty good talent. And they've not had to touch it that much. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the ECHL um, affiliate for um, the ABS. Is it oh, the Allen Americans? I, I think so. So... Every time there's a call up out of the Eagles, the um, uh, the ABS are reaching down into the ECHL, and and obviously they've got talent at least down into the Double uh, A level. Uh, correction, it is the Utah Grizzlies. Utah Grizzlies, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, um, and Utah's had um, well, they were playing well. What happened to them? Where are we? The All the call-ups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've they started to slip, but they were playing some very good hockey uh, early on. Um, but you know, with McKinnon is out, what four weeks? Another three weeks yep. beyond upper body this. injury. Yeah. Um, Landeskog's been out since the beginning of the season, although it looks yeah. like he may be coming back here soon. Um, and, uh, there was one more, uh, recent injury, um, and now I'm blanking on that one. Yeah. And so, you know, Colorado, um, sorry, the ads, um, uh, reassign players back down to Colorado, uh, after getting NHL, uh, experience, imagine what that's going to look like, uh, in the Pacific division for the rest of the season. Yep. Um, Arturi Lankinen, that was the name I was, the I was blanking on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, interesting look there in the AHL. Um, yeah, just, I, I, I can't recall a team in the AHL doing this well, or the last time this happened with the team doing this well, uh, when the parent club has been just so riddled, but you know, they're, they're like, like the Avs, they're finding a way. And they're not really doing it by uh, like overpowering any teams. They've only got a plus 14 goal differential on the season. 
And you, you compare that to the other teams in the division. Um, it's either, you know, right on par or, you know, a little bit less. So, um, yeah, they're, they're not overpowering teams uh, with goals, but, you know, they're, they're doing an all around great job of uh, just finding that way to win. Right. And, and their losses have all been typically three, two. Yeah. Um, fourth, you know, that, that one goal differential on the losses, even so that accounts for that um, yep. small uh, plus uh, plus number there. Yep. All right. Let's turn our attention to the National Hockey League or the NHL, as the kids are calling it these days. Um, okay. B- big story we have to talk about because we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week on the first line because it happened after the uh, we recorded on the first line. Uh, Take Thompson had a six point game for the Buffalo Sabres against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, and you know, I, I did a little bit of digging, went into the stats a little bit, went into the little weeds here. Um, so I got a few stats I'm going to throw at you guys. Um, but as I noted in the rundown, Take Thompson is one of, I believe, four players in uh, four active players in the National Hockey League who has recorded five goals in one game. And let's let's you know pause here for a second and think he recorded four goals and one assist in the first period. Right. In a what was it a nine three win for Buffalo over Columbus? Nine four. Uh, nine four. Okay. No, I, I don't mean to shortchange the the good team of <laughs> Columbus Blue Jackets, um, but uh, so he is he's one of four players, four active players to uh, record five goals in a game. Um, I don't. It, I wasn't able to break it down by period. I don't know how many people were able to score four goals in one period. I'm guessing that's going to be an even more exclusive club for Thompson. Um, but, uh, I want to throw a, a, just ask a couple of questions, see if anybody, and I'm sure Jacob probably has the same page pulled up as I do. When was the last time we saw a player score five goals in a game in the NHL? If anybody could take a guess how long it's been. I'll take, I'll take a guess. Mika Zabanajad against the Washington Capitals. His fifth goal was in overtime. Oh, close. But that was not oh. the last time we saw this. Oh. Jacob, do you have a stab? My guess was going to be Sam Gaudi. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, uh, I have nothing. Timo Meyer for the Sharks did it oh, back yes. in January against the LA Kings. The time before that was Zabinajad. And uh, before that, let's see. And before that was uh, Patrick Line back in 2018. Uh, against uh, the St. Louis Blues. Interesting. But, um, none of the players, none of the f- four active players who have scored five goals in a single game have registered more than five points, except Tage Thompson. Mm-hmm. He's the only one to score, uh, register more than five points in a game and score five goals. So little fun facts for you as we record this Friday. Um, you know, the best way I like to learn fun facts is to take a good seat and think about it. And what better way to think and sit by going to my custom sports chair, ordering yourself a fantastic custom sports chair, and just sitting down and having a good think about stats and about just fun facts. They just really sink in. Head over to my custom sports chair. I believe uh, PHN20 gets you 20% off your order. So uh, thanks to our sponsor, my custom sports chair. And if you didn't happen to see, uh, we did a mock-up of the Pro Hockey News uh, sports chair. Uh, If you didn't happen to see it in our holiday guide episode, go take a look. Those things are pretty, pretty sweet. All right. Let's talk storylines. Uh, Jonathan Goudreau, Johnny Hockey is ready to, he is set to face the Calgary Flames for the first time since he left uh, at the end of last season. Uh, he played his first nine seasons with the Calgary Flames. He returns as a Columbus Blue Jacket. Um, I don't think there are very many high hopes for, I don't know, revenge from Goudreau or I don't know, um, I, I don't know what you would call it, but I, I don't think he's going to get justification. I, I don't know if it's just me. Um, they're going to be playing this weekend, or I guess they're set to face off today. Sorry, uh, Friday as we record this. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, 
to me, this, this it's, it's a good storyline for the game, but to me is a little lackluster. Uh, I want to get your thoughts, Jacob, uh, are, as a, a casual hockey fan, are you excited by this storyline? Not really. No. Um, it's just, I don't really, it's just a player deciding not to resign with a team and as a unrestricted free agent, it, there's no rivalry. He just didn't want to resign in Calgary. Well, I mean, there had to be more to it than he didn't want to resign. I mean, there had to have been like some reason he didn't want to resign. Like maybe he didn't want to live in Calgary. I, I, <laughs> that's I, probably it, and that's completely reasonable because uh, Calgary you know maybe sucks. for you it is for you it is. But it, I, I'm thinking is. maybe there was like some you know front office some maybe some leadership issues in the club that he was just you know he wants to exact some revenge on. Um, but anything I see he may have brewing I, is, to me, in, in my opinion, is not going to be coming to fruition tonight. Lou, can you tell me if I'm wrong? No, I, I can't. Um, I, you know, we were talking a little bit in the pre-show, and I don't know that he's what Columbus was looking for or he has not provided what Columbus was looking for when they signed him um, to that monster contract. And he, uh, he's over a point a game. He's 28 points in 25 games. Yeah. And look at where he's no, no, look, it's the same, you know, um, uh, Jacob and I have gone around and around about this with other players um, one that's near and dear to his heart. Um, when you when you sign a player like this, what you expect is that they are going to make everyone around them better. And that has not happened. And to be fair, Goudreau has never been that kind of player, especially. Um, oh, I, it's, and, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. And, and, and also, Columbus is injured almost as badly as... Um, Colorado is this season. That's they true. just don't have the top big names. But guys like um, Patrick Laine is only su- suited up for twelve games this season. That is true. Yeah, and they just and also like top four defensemen like Jake Bean uh, hasn't played much or um, Marcus Bjork. So they're not even getting much scoring from the team at all. Their offense is just very stagnant. Like yes. the, they are the, I believe they're the worst offense in the, or worst set. They're not the worst. Oh, interesting. They're among <laughs> the worst. Yeah. In the I mean, goals, you, you only have five players on the roster who have double digit points at this, this time of the season after 20 plus games. And you only have essentially a line, uh, what would equate to a line in a defensive pair scoring double digit points for you. Um, that's, I mean, that, that's exactly the, the reason why they're in the situation they're in. They're not getting production. I'm going to argue they're getting plenty of production out of Johnny Goudreau. Um, I will take, um, averaging better than a point per game out of a player, especially a star player. You, you, you essentially stole away from another club. Um, I, I think it's the, the lack of production from everyone around him they just i don't think they had the pieces in place to guarantee that they were going to have anything better than the season they're having right now that's my take and and same with a lot of the other teams that were in the hunt for him with exception of new jersey because i believe the three teams that were looking at him were philly new jersey and the islanders right right i don't think any of those teams could really help him succeed that much i don't know islanders could have been uh, i think the islanders could have been a fit if he would have gone to new jersey just imagine what numbers they would be putting up right now like uh or i don't know if he would have been a bigger distraction whatever new jersey did at the beginning of this season was absolutely right for new jersey because it is working um but i seeing him possibly go to the Islanders, that could have been, I think that could have been a good fit for him. That would have been uh, definitely a step up. 
Uh, we've seen what happened to Calgary after he's left. Not to say that what's happening to Calgary right now is the, you know, sole is solely to blame on Goudreau's exit, but I think that's a big part of it. Um, yeah, I, I think he made the right move to leave. I think he picked the wrong location to leave, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. To me, I, I love a good storyline. This is a good storyline, but to me, a little lackluster. Um, so I'll, I'm, I'm going to drop it there. Uh, move on to the next item here on our um, on our rundown. And just want to preface it with all good things must come to an end, even though I believe this one deserves an asterisk. But uh, Jacob will probably fight me on that one. Uh, the Boston Bruins have finally lost a game at home. Took them 15 home games to finally lose one. This one went to a shootout. So they find they, they still registered a point in that game. They have not lost in regulation. Um, but uh, they lost earlier in the week to the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, as a, a Bruins fan, you knew it was coming. I was kind of hoping it was going to be against uh, you know somebody else, maybe in the Eastern Conference. I was I was looking forward to a good uh, New Jersey. Boston matchup um, where Boston would finally lose one at home, but that would have been not until April. And that would have been one amazing home streak there. Um, But I want to bring your attention to the tweet I put in our rundown. If you guys want to take a look at it, Uh, the Vegas golden Knights had a clever tweet at the end of the game. Um, And I will, I'll go ahead and read it to our listeners who may have not seen this one after their win uh, at the TD garden in Boston. Uh, they mentioned to the Bruins, oh, that's a nice 14-0-0 record at your home that you've got going there. Be a real shame if some pesky expansion team came into town and beat you. I, I would have preferred this before the game, but um, I don't know. <laughs> I still find it kind of funny. I, I, I still enjoy the Vegas Golden Knights Twitter account. It's, it's something else. Um, it's not mean-spirited, you know? I, no, it's, it, what it, I, it's what I like about it. I mean, it's, it's certainly got a bite to it, <clears throat> their <laughs> stuff, but um, it's, I, I, I just, it's not mean-spirited. No, it's not. Um, I, I actually I thought it was yeah. fairly funny. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I just, it's something I would like to, to bring up. I, I just, I, I still love the Vegas Golden Knights Twitter account. It's just something fun to, to read every now and then, even when they weren't doing so great last season, they still had some really good social media presence. Um, oh, uh, so I, I do have to go back. Jacob, uh, your reaction, Boston finally losing at home. Nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. Understated. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I always think I'd get a bigger reaction out of you, but, um, well, we'll take it there. Okay. All right, let's let's go from the uh, kind and not terribly mean spirited uh, poke at players to the very much so mean spirited and not so innocent poking at players. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs Pierre Engvall has been suspended for one game um, from the NHL's Department of Player Safety uh, for his hit on the Kings Sean Druzy. Um. Uh, you guys, I'm sure you guys have seen the hit by now. It takes a high stick to the back of the neck. Um, I want to get, before we, we talk about the suspension itself, I want to get reaction from you guys about the, just the play in the heat of the moment. Uh, I'm going to start with Jacob. I was very surprised that he p- took his stick well above head level or shoulder level. You don't do that ever. I... I just don't understand what he was thinking and chance are is probably not think he wasn't thinking, but I think it should have been a high, bigger suspension. And I know the reasoning, uh, it wasn't a longer suspension was because it wasn't, it didn't cause that much injury, but still you can't, you, you can't try to chop someone's head off. No, doesn't matter what they did. No, uh, absolutely not. And I, I don't know. I don't, I don't like that reasoning that, you know, it didn't cause bigger injury, so he shouldn't be penalized as much. I think the potential for serious injury is there. You are in full control of that stick. Um, I could see a more lenient penalty if his stick is lifted by somebody else and then brought into a third player's face. Um, 
because or if it was like yes, tangled up, or or if you're tangled up, I mm-hmm. I can see an argument for that. This obviously was not the case. Um, Lou, your your take on the hit, um, and we'll right after that we'll go straight into um, uh, the penalty he or the uh, the punishment he faced for that. But uh, let's talk about yeah. Ingvall's hit. Yeah, I, I just to extend. Uh, Jacob's comment. Um, Obviously, it's something you don't do. And and it wasn't offhanded. It wasn't a slip of the or heat of the moment kind of um, um, high stick. I don't know how purposeful it was, but it's still a stick at the back of the head, back of the neck. uh, Unacceptable, um, regardless of the outcome. You know, particularly from a league where a player can be injured on a on a hit or a play, a check, a, a stick swing, they might be gone for four weeks, five weeks, and the player gets a three game suspension. I, you know, you can't have it both ways. Um, um, you know, we've seen some egregious hits over the years, and the offenders have gotten short. Um, uh, suspensions that just fly in the face of uh, fairness. So back to you for the for the suspension. My my biggest thing about this, of course, is the NHL is, and I, I'm, it's it's a fine line they have to walk. So I'm not putting all the blame on the league right now, but uh, the NHL is making all these. Um, uh, these rules and all these protections trying to protect the, the player's head because we know concussions are a major issue with contact sports. Um, you have a hard surface that you're going to land on. Uh, you have, uh, you know, plenty of ability to be struck by something either moving very fast or very heavy in the head in this game. Um, that being said, I am surprised that there's only a one game suspension from this. Because this was a deliberate blow to the head. You look back at the video and you don't even have to watch it in slow motion. Ingvall stick does get raised above his, his shoulders. I'm not going to um, make any excuses here, but I can see they were getting tied up. He brings his stick up above, uh, above head level. Bring it around, put it back down on the ice. It's as simple as that. He decides to go a different route and not only make incidental contact with the helmet, which is enough to get you a penalty in the league for high sticking, he comes down with force not only on the head, in the back of the neck. And that is a very vulnerable and exposed area of a player who is uh, you know, currently engaged in skating. You, you, the back of your neck is very much exposed. So to me, I find it very surprising that the Department of Player Safety went with just one game. Um, I don't like two games. I feel like would be enough for this or maybe a game, uh, one game and a fine. Um, I don't believe they've mentioned anything as about a fine yet. I'm sure that will come down. So um, depending on that, I, you know, I feel like it's, it's that fine line they have to walk, but I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, Lou, your thoughts on, on the severity of the punishment. It just, it just doesn't match. Um, sorry, it doesn't match the crime. His hands, um, his left hand, is above his head. Engvall, Engvall's left hand on the stick is above his head before he starts the down stroke. Yeah, and um, I think to Jacob's point, and and really yours, there was intent. Um, and one game is just unacceptable. Uh, I, it's it's just from my perspective, it's un, unacceptable. I, I know he got a game misconduct for for the rest of this game, but this happened like midway, most of the way through the third period. So this was towards the end of the game. I I don't know. I, I just have a real issue with just a single game out of this because of a, a player's intent, uh, Jacob. Do you have any different feelings? I also want to add, this is the kind of crap that you would see in like Shorzy. Yeah. So 
it, it's unacceptable. It, I don't know how much uh, what else I could add other than I agree. Yeah, it can't do that. Should have been a high, longer suspension. Yeah. Now, I, I, I haven't gone too deep into uh, Ingvall's, uh, you know, history as far as uh, any sort of disciplinary action being taken against him by the league. I don't think he's had a whole lot. His name does does not seem to pop up a lot when you try and search for his suspensions. So, I. I, there might be reasoning from the player safety department that he is not a habitual offender. And maybe that's why they go with the, the one game as opposed to two. Um, I don't agree with it, but I'm thinking that could be the case. Is Yeah. yeah. yeah he has no history of um, violent um, offense uh, offenses um, yeah. on the ice. Um, and I think Labeling this as a high stick is um, uh, glosses over what this really was. Well, this I mean, was an attack. This was this was um, a, a blatant um, um, intent to injure. Yeah. Well. You know, uh, Department of Player Safety doesn't t- seem to listen to our podcast. Otherwise, yeah. they take our <laughs> advice more often. Anyway, those are our thoughts on uh, English. That's, that's why it's called. That's why it's called dopes. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on to some other news. So the NHL has um, has some thoughts about ownership in Ottawa. We'll get to that in a bit. We also have some trade rumors uh, floating about the hockey universe. Uh, One involving a one Brock Besser from the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Seems like uh, his agent has been uh, in contact with, I believe, six other teams uh, looking to get the player out of Vancouver. We don't know what those six teams are. And, you know, we never really do at this point with uh, any of these reports, but uh, TSA uh, TSN's hockey insider, Pierre Lebrun is the one who has broke the story. Um, Sounds like uh, Besser's kind of had it. He's ready to move on to a more competitive team. Um, So let's start there. What is a competitive team who could take a player like Brock Besser. Jacob, your thoughts. Calgary or Seattle. Hmm. Okay. Seattle, he wouldn't have to go very far. Just just down the road. Maybe even the Islanders. I would like to see him on the Islanders. I think, I, I'm sure Lou wouldn't, but I, I would like to see him on the Islanders. I think that would be a, an entertaining fit for him. Um, I also really like the idea of Seattle, but uh, I want to get uh, Lou's thoughts. Where where do you think we are going to see Brock Besser um, if any of these trades come to fruition? Sure. What's his... Um, uh, 6.25 6.2. million for the next three years. Who's going to or 6.6, point six, sorry. 6.6 over three years. Who's going to be able to afford him? Yeah, 3.3 a year. If... Vancouver keeps half. I don't think they would do that. It's not like they need to. Like, yeah, it's not like they're trying to unload him. He's the one who's yeah. trying to yeah move. So I like the idea of Seattle. I don't know that I like. Um, I don't know about Calgary, but I do like uh, the Calgary. Uh, excuse me, the Seattle selection. Imagine what he would what he would be able to do in Seattle. Um, although I'll tell you, Hextall has got them playing really well. I mean, though they, this is not a fluke this season. They are playing an exceptional brand of hockey. And I wonder what about, he wants to go someplace competitive. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> that took out one of my, uh, my thoughts, but San yeah. Jose. Oh, no, no. It, oh, yeah. okay. I'll, I'll get to it in a minute. I'll, I'll leave okay. you hanging for a uh, second. You know, the other, I, I think the other option would be the Kings. Keep it on the West Coast. I yeah. don't know who the Kings have to give up, though. Right, and do they have the cap space no. to be able to 
bring on a contract like that. I, I think they probably do, but they also don't have a lot of depth in Ontario in the American League. So yeah. um, I don't. Yeah, it would have to be an awful lot of uh, uh, draft picks coming out of there. So what about your your selection, Richard? Well, if we are looking for a team who is maybe in a rebuilding phase, uh, if they can possibly lure him out that way, um, a team with a lot of cap space and uh, quite a bit to give, um, if they are so inclined, the team we like to rag on here, the Arizona Coyotes, uh, here are looking for some decent players uh they have a lot of money to play with but he would have to play in a very small arena for the next couple of seasons uh before they build their newest um home i guess in tempe um i if if they could lure him there i think he'd be a great building block to start building a competitive team around he's only 25 years old so he's starting to hit his stride as a player um, and to be honest, Arizona doesn't really have anybody like as skilled. Um, so I, I think that would be a good move for Arizona if they can do it. The only, the only problem is I don't think they can do it. So, um, another, go ahead. No, no, you uh, go first. No, no, okay. go first. Another competitive team who might be able to afford it. Uh, I got two options here. Neither of them is terribly close to where he's playing right now, but New York Rangers might be able to finagle something and uh, that could give him a little boost going towards the, the end of the season towards the playoffs, give him a nice push. And the Minnesota wild could probably use uh, just one more piece Mm -hmm. in that very tough central division. Stay in the central. I was going to say Dallas. I like Dallas has Dallas doesn't have a whole lot to play with right now. Uh, Let's see. But they have enough to give up in terms of if it was a trade. They could could probably give up. I I could see them giving up uh, Tyler Seguin. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never liked him anyway, but (laughs) (laughs) get rid of an alternate captain. Yes. Ah. I mean, they, they have him tied up for a long, long time, too, they, through the 26-27 season. That wouldn't mm. be the kind of trade Vancouver would make. Um, <laughs> and just looking at their cap they space, would... they got 1.1, I think, million in the current cap, and they don't have a whole lot of draft picks to uh, to offer up either, at least next year. Uh, they don't have a first round. They don't have a third round. Um I mean, they could give a maybe a conditional first round in 2020. Yeah, I Minnesota is an interesting location, landing spot. I mean, they they could use them. Uh, that is a pretty tough division as it usually is, but um, I, I, they got the cap space to do it, and they got at least one more draft pick next year to to offer up. So. I think if Minnesota was inclined, they could make this happen. But you also have to remember the dead cap that they have um, uh, from the uh, Parisi and the Suter issues. So that's going to hurt them long term. Uh, I don't know. You could get Um, one of those going the other way, though. You could. If you pair that with a draft pick. Yeah. Because if they try to, if they have to do this, or if they feel like they have to um, trade him and they know they're not doing well and they just decide, Hey, you know, we're not feeling like uh Bo Horvat's going to resign. You know, Elias Pettersson's still pretty young. We can get a lot for JT Miller. They just blow up, blow everything up and start from scratch because they can. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I would also like to see him in a New York Rangers jersey. I think uh, I think that could be a good landing spot for him. But again, uh, they're also a little tight on cap space, but they do have a few draft picks to work with, and I'm sure they you know they have a few players. Well, 
I mean, their top five forwards have no movement clauses. Yeah. That could be a, that could be a problem. But they have ten picks in the twenty four draft. I think the Rangers. Um, I see so they six. Have, um, then maybe it's twenty five. They have ten coming up pretty soon. They have seven in the twenty three. Mm-hmm. And eight in the twenty-five. I read, maybe they gave up somebody, but I read somewhere they had ten. Pay- well, anyway, yeah, um, um, they can certainly play with draft picks. And let's face it, third, fourth round draft picks, even second round draft picks, are are easy to unload. I think the problem for them is they're going to have to find somewhere to trim some money. Yeah. And their biggest contracts obviously have uh, no movement clauses, uh, with the exception of uh, Adam Fox, but they're not going to be doing anything <sighs> with him anytime no. soon. <laughs> no, no, he's not. He he's, is that, he's a franchise player there. Yes. Yeah. All right. And as we had just mentioned, the NHL is, uh, you know, getting involved with ownership yet again. Uh, NHL has announced that they want Ryan Reynolds to be the actor, Ryan Reynolds, who I believe also owns a soccer club, yes, uh, to be involved in buying the Ottawa Senators. As we know, the Senators are having ownership issues. Uh, they are looking to sell. Ryan Reynolds has expressed interest. I don't know. Um, would this be a positive move for the club, Lou? Yes. <laughs> Without. <laughs> I'm sorry. I <clears throat> I had no idea who Ryan Reynolds was until Deadpool. I just think Ryan Re- Reynolds is just the best. And it would become the Ottawa Deadpool. I I, I just <laughs> it is I, I, I have no patience for Marvel or DC um adaptations of comic books anymore uh for a while they were fun but deadpool is is the best um and and i look i i think the nhl needs um that kind of invigoration at the ownership level um and i and his enthusiasm uh, he got a standing ovation in ottawa uh when the news he was at a game the same day that uh that rumor had first surfaced that he was interested in purchasing them or there was interest on both sides. Um, he had a standing ovation from the Senator's fans uh, in the arena that night. And um, I think it would be great for hockey uh, to have his, um, his personality stamped on it. And I, I, I also think that he just happens to be a great guy. Yeah, he seems I, like a very I, charismatic person. So yeah, and he's got Mint Mobile, and he's done a lot of stuff for um, um, uh, he's Charity. yeah, uh, well, socially active is what I meant to say. Thanks, uh, um, uh, Jacob. You, you you said that, and but he does do charities, but an awful lot of what he does is social activism, and Mint Mobile is one of those things. Jacob, being the resident Canadian, what would like? What's the feeling of uh, having a celebrity of this caliber look to buy a team in the capital city? So this is from what I read in the article. It was mostly um, they just want him involved in a way, and I believe that having him as like a figure, a figurehead or a spokesperson is a great idea. You can't go wrong. Um, everyone has a very high opinion of Ron Reynolds, especially in Canada. So I don't think uh, it can go wrong here whatsoever. And I think the NHL sees that. And I think that's the why the NHL wants this. Well, I mean, if he's going to be involved in the purchase of the Ottawa Senators, I mean, he, he's got to be one of the major, uh, like one of the major stakeholders in the ownership group. I would I mean, it would have to be. I don't think he's going to be out there, um, you know, advocating for somebody else to to purchase the club without at least being, you know, a, you know, a, a major owner of the club. I, you know, that's 
I don't know. Is that not what's what's going to be happening out there? I legitimately have no idea. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know what his financials are like. I don't know if he has that kind of money, to be honest. He, well, could, he, he very well could. If he sells his stakes in his, his soccer club, he, I'm sure he could. But I don't mm. know if he would be willing to part with that. Yeah. But, but um, thoughts, uh, is that would that put more butts in the seats for the Ottawa Senators? Couldn't put any less. That's true. It couldn't harm them. Like, right, right. You saw what Eugene Melnick did, and still they had fans, right? <laughs> right. True. So I... And this season is such a disappointment. Oh, I, I feel like they had such high hopes this season, and it has all just gone down the drain. Welcome to Ottawa. <laughs> Canada's Buffalo. Oh, well, I mean, you're, you're not wrong, but no. still, that, that, that does sting a little bit. Anybody to be compared to Buffalo. All right. It is that time. The PHN Picks of the Week. Jacob. Yes. You have five games for us this week, and I don't know if yes. you want to. Do you want to recap last last time that we met, or last time we had our, our picks? So last time, um, the week that I wasn't there, I didn't pick because I completely forgot to. So what happened was during the holiday gift uh, thing, gift episode, uh, I decided to do mine for that game. Oh, and. I see. Oh, so Richard I, I, put his I, in, but I'm ignoring them. And I no, I, I put those in today because I thought those were this week's picks. Oh, and I was just toying with you. Yeah, I, I didn't. We didn't make any picks last week or last time we met. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure that was. I'm pretty sure I saw nothing on yours, but okay, you, I, I didn't know for sure. <laughs> I'll, we'll we'll give you that three and two because uh, yeah, so. you, you did make the picks uh, of the games that we didn't have, but. Sure, you can have them. Yep. So that means Lou and Richard are tied at seven and eight, and I'm eight and seven on the season. So first game, we got Calgary at Toronto. Richard, I'll start with you today. Toronto. Okay, Lou. Yeah, Toronto and uh, does Marner stretch it to 22? Bonus point? Sure, we can do a bonus. I say he gets to 22. Richard? I say nay. Okay. Jacob? Okay. Uh, I will say Toronto for the pick, and yes for okay. that. Cool. Because I, uh, Calgary, Markstrom has not been playing. No. That awesome. <laughs> no. And the Chronicles of Riddick is, has, have not been kind in the backup role. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I'm sorry, not Riddick. It's Vladar. Uh, yeah, that's what oh, it is. Yeah. Riddick was there last year. <laughs> okay, and next game we got Minnesota at Vancouver. Lou, I'm going to start with you. Vancouver. Oh, really? I'm still, I, I, what I would say to both of you is I'm disappointed about uh, Bozard wanting out. Um, I think Vancouver is close. They, they've had a couple of really, look, they, they've had a couple of really stinky games in a row, particularly last week. And um, Boudreaux was saying, you know, he's, he's frustrated because he said last week we played outstanding hockey and this week it's just stinking hockey. Um, but I, yeah, I'm going to stick with uh, Canucks. Okay. Richard. Um, I'm good. This one's actually going to be a, I think it's going to be a lot better game than it sounds. I'm going Minnesota, but man, I I don't know if there's a, a clear cut choice in this one. Like Vancouver could definitely take this one out. They they're seven six and two at, or sorry uh, five six and one. I, I was looking at their road road record. Never mind. All in Minnesota. Yeah, I'm going to go for Minnesota as well. I I just don't actually no. I'm going to go Vancouver. I don't trust Minnesota. I, I don't trust their defense, especially. I think their defense is very shoddy at times. Mm-hmm. So, and I think Vancouver will win. And I think Besser is trying to play his way out. So he's going to give it that extra step, that extra little push um, that will help them win. 
Mm-hmm. So next one, Florida at Tampa Bay, the Battle of Florida, where one of the teams named is names is Florida. <laughs> Richard, starting with you, who do you got? Got to go Tampa Bay. They have uh, turned it on the last few games, seven and three in their last ten. They're nine four and one at home. Uh, yeah, go Lightning. Okay, Lou. Panthers. Panthers. Yeah. Okay. Any reason? I no no particular reason. I um, they played well uh, West. God, who did they beat West night? Um, St. Louis. Okay. I thought they. You know, St. Louis is just you know not exactly the best this season, but it was a good solid game. Five two. Um, um, Bobrovsky had a good game. So yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take the Panthers. Yeah, Tampa Bay has been very good the past little while past month or so um i remember starting the season they were they were not looking great they were looking bottom middle of the pack and now they're back they're back to third in the atlantic um they have a lot of catching up to do to get to the first two spots but still they're doing quite well and also history is always on tampa bay side against the florida panthers so i think you know tampa bay has it and the next game Ottawa at Nashville. Lou, who do you got? Nashville. I just it. <clears throat> I just can't pick Ottawa. Um, they're they're so unpredictable. Uh, Nashville is equally uh, mediocre, um, but I'll take the Preds. Yeah, I couldn't find that many games this week, so yeah. Yeah, this was unfortunately one of the weaker picks, but I'm going to have to make it unanimous with Nashville. Um, no. uh, hold on. No. Did you oh, ask me? Richard. I, I no, put I it in the rundown, but I... Yeah, yeah that's, why, that's why it's throwing me off. <laughs> I had to mess with you your first you know, line back. Um, you know, uh, doing, doing some soul searching, uh, consulting my crystal ball, um, <laughs> just trying to see if the planets are going to align for Ottawa. It is no uh, going Nashville. Okay. That's a very if if not, if Ottawa wins, you lose double points. Yeah, you can't make these rules. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Yes, I can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the last game is the LA Kings at the Montreal Canadiens. Richard, I'll start with you so I don't mess this up. Okay, the Kings. Okay. Any reason? They're playing Montreal. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Lou. <laughs> Um, boy, the Kings just had a, uh, a stinker of the game. Do they bounce back? Yeah. Give me the Kings over the Habs. Okay. You know, I'm actually really liking Montreal. I, I think Slavovsky is coming, is starting to find his groove here. He's getting more ice time. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think Montreal is going to get, a bit better and i hope that they win i don't believe they'll win but i hope they win but mm. i'm going to pick montreal because picking with your heart not with your head yes so that's it for the picks of the week if you'd like to follow along follow us on twitter at phn underscore podcast and follow along with the hashtag phn picks yeah share with us see how well You can beat up on Jacob this week because we know he's not going to have the same week he did last time when he was the solo player of the picks. All right. Parting thoughts. Um, uh, Rule creator, Jacob. It's rule Lord. Thank you very much. Oh, now you're a title creator. (laughs) (laughs) Kingmaker. (laughs) I have all. (laughs) But um, in all seriousness, I have not been using Twitter much to at all as of late, uh, especially since uh, the takeover from um, Elon Musk. And since, uh, and it's been more doubled down since I've seen a lot more hate speech and a lot worse content moderation on Twitter. Yeah. So I will probably until, unless things change, I'm probably going to stay away from Twitter, but that is my closing thought. 
way to push people to our Twitter handle and uh, tell them you'll not be there. All right. <laughs> you'll be there. <laughs> I don't control this account. My parting thought has to do with a 2 nothing lead in the National Hockey League this season. It is the kiss of death. Um, I am doing some research and it will be on the, I'm hoping to have it down on a rundown uh, for the next time we meet. The 2 nothing lead. Isn't it always the most dangerous lead in hockey? But this year in particular, it seems that it is, it is the, it's the harbinger of disaster. Okay. In games this year. Um, Yeah. It happened, I think, twice last night. (laughs) Um, In both times, in both times, it was the only two games that a two nothing lead was blown. So, all right. Anyway, yeah, that's my parting thought. Uh, my parting thought, as I had alluded to at the beginning of the episode, the uh, the strides that we have made with technology. I went to test that today, um, and for the very first time, I can officially say I have driven a car without using a key. I used my phone. It was it, it was exciting and awkward at the same time, even though I don't use the key to turn on the ignition, just knowing I have it in my pocket and the stress of is my phone going to unlock my car and start my car? It, it does. It does it very well. So um, I can say I have officially driven a car without a key present. So it was just fun. Just I'm a just, fun little note. I'm just too old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got to say, every now and then I'm still pushing for the clutch. It's not there. It won't right. be there ever again. But, right. you know, right. I, it's that muscle memory it always kicks in. Yeah, sure. All right. Thank you to our sponsors, Manscaped, LDE, Affinity, Jewelry, My Custom Sports Chair, and the Chicago Wolves Store. Uh, thank you for your support of the Pro Hockey News podcast. Again, if you missed our holiday guide uh, a couple weeks ago, go back and check it out. We have some great gifts you could probably still get in time if you would like to uh, get a present for the hockey player, hockey fan, or just the really nice individual in your life. For Lou Lafredo and Jacob Doherty, I am Richard Cote. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Pro Hockey News podcast. 